Hi, everyone. Welcome to the OKC Spam Podcast Edition. I'm your co-host, Lindley Faye Smith, and you'll notice the absence of a voice. It's our dear friend, Marty Piercy, and he's under the weather, so um, after some convincing on his part, which honestly didn't take very long, um, he convinced me to um, do this by myself. So it's going to be a shorter episode, um, simply because... I deal with chronic insecurity and um, anxiety, so there's a good chance you'll just hear me cut off in the middle and say, okay, love you, bye. (laughs) But um, I I hope to not do that. Um, As you know, we typically cover city government issues. That should be no surprise if you follow OKC SPAN, which you should. Um, That's what we typically focus on. But since Marty has lovingly given me reign of this episode... um, I'm going to talk about some things that should come as no surprise to anyone but menstrual equity. So in specific with that, I'm going to review some bills that are coming up in a session, which is basically happening now, um, that surround menstrual equity and um, try not to get too in the weeds about it because it can kind of make your eyes glaze over unless you're a complete nerd like me, no offense to my fellow nerds. and I will say this session is like um, kind of like the Super Bowl for me um, or I don't know, the playoffs. And uh, I have like three screens going on in my house. <laughs> the one that I borrow from somebody, um, it's like a laptop, an iPad and then another screen to watch things. So it's like I have the house, I have the Senate and then I'm like researching things on the side. So um, if you have any questions about these things, um, specifically revolving these bills that I'm going to review, um, I'm happy to answer them. Um, since, like I said, I'm not going to go too far into the weeds, but um, I will. If I don't have that information, I will candidly pass you along to somebody who does. Um, and it's probably information I need to have if I don't know it. So um, I'm going to start out before I dive into these bills. I'm going to give you the kind of the state of what. Oklahoma looks like when it comes to menstrual equity and period poverty to begin with. Um, I won't, this won't be a TED talk on period poverty. I've done that enough. So, Um, but uh, period poverty is essentially not being able to afford menstrual products that you need. And people say, how do I know if period poverty exists? The answer is if you see someone experiencing poverty, whether it's outward facing or held indoors within their house um, that you don't know about, they're also experiencing period poverty if they have any menstruator in their house. So um, typically, there's a, happy to share this link if anybody wants to reach out, but who wants to dive deeper into this, um, there's a organization that's a national organization called the Alliance for Period Supply. Every year they do an annual report. It's really awesome for each state. Um, of what it looks like as far as a percentage of people who are on like sooner care, specifically in Oklahoma, the poverty line in Oklahoma, um, and the details surrounding the menstrual inequity we have here. Um, again, that's Alliance for Period Supply. Um, they're a wealth of knowledge for resources and things like that. But specifically to Oklahoma, one in five people who menstruate say that they experience period poverty. And this is based off of 2023 data. They haven't come up with the 2024 yet. Um, So given it's one in five, that includes ages for all those who menstruate. Um, So across the board. And that's pretty messed up. And then um, I think the more, um, the thing that I think is the most fucked up is 
upon polling various schools throughout the state. So this includes like metros like Oklahoma City and Tulsa and more rural areas. Um, one in four menstruating students have missed school because they can't afford menstrual products. Um, there's a lot of lack of dignity there where if kids are coming to school and they can't manage their menstrual cycle, then um, it's shame. They're going to stay at home. And that leads to, as we all know, with the Oklahoma education system, there's a high rate of absenteeism. So that's just adding one other aspect um, to create that problem that we have that we should be able to fix. And this is just one way to do it. Um, so I'm going to dive into these bills and I will talk a little bit about um, what's going on with each one, what the plan is, which will inevitably change. Um, or they just will get dropped altogether. Um, there are five revolving menstrual equity. Um, period OKC is publicly backing two of them, which I will touch on. And then I want to also say after the, out of those five, three of them are Republican legislators, and then two of them are people of color, and they are the Democratic um, legislators. Um, so just to give you kind of some demographics of who's been filing things and working towards this, um, four women, one is a man. And um, so let me talk about the two that period OKC are backing, and I'll explain why. Um, the first is, for those taking notes, if you would like to, it's House Bill 3329, um, and that's with um, Representative Rowe. So she's out of the House. She is a nurse, and... Um, I believe she's like in the Lindsay area. Um, don't quote me on that for sure. <laughs> but it is surrounding um, school products being available in schools. And those are the two areas. The school is the area period OKC is going to focus on. And there are two bills um, that we're specifically highlighting surrounding that. Um, we've worked with her directly um, along with a lo lobbyist. Um, who is donating, con kindly donating their time, and um, to reach out to these two legislators um, and collaborate with them on the best way to um, generate interest in this. So what Rose Bill is looking at, looking like, is um, it will use a word that schools hate, that they will require them to have menstrual products in their school. So um, that would come, the biggest question that a lot of these people have is, what's the, where's the money going to come from? Fair enough. Um, so with this one, it would be the schools would have to find a place within their budget to purchase these products. And that could also, like let's say we're talking about Oklahoma City, it would be the school board increasing their budget, and it's a pretty minuscule amount. Um, I think they're estimating, and I'm not sure where, this case study where they got the number, but they're estimating for that the entire school year, $4 per menstruating person. And this is for fifth grade and up. I will give the caveat that um, a lot of students start menstruating much younger than that. And, um, and so, I'm sorry, an ad just popped up because we don't pay for this. Um, and so I, um, where was I? Okay, so yes, this is from fifth grade and up, and these would be requiring them to have 
products available in restrooms with wall-mounted units. Um, so that would be, it's so far, it's what they're proposing, and part of this might be cut out, um, is it would be in all of the women's restrooms and the gender-neutral restrooms. You know, from period OKC, we honor all genders who menstruate, so that's kind of the way we can work around adding menstrual products in a gender-neutral restroom, because restroom, it would also um, service those with mobility devices um, and make sure they are receiving the same products and opportunities as others who are using the standard restrooms. Um, so that's what that bill looks like. And I'll tell you, um, it's my favorite one because it is much more, in a way, simple of saying schools will have these in these wall mounts, just like you would see um, in any, if you think about like old school bathrooms or specifically the airports, there just won't be a slot for a coin. Um, so I like that one because it's just right across the board, but schools hate hearing the word required because they have enough shit going on themselves. So they, um, that's the pushback on that one is it could create more administrative duties. Who's going to check them? Is it going to be the janitor? Is they going to replace an order through somebody to say we need more? There would be some um, kinks to kind of work out there. So again, that is um, Representative Rowe and it's House Bill 3329. So um, now I'm going to move on to the other school related bill that we are personally backing. Um, and it is with um, Senator Stanley. And so that's SB 1235. So um, what hers is looking at is a grant program. So the state would issue a grant that um, the schools, districts on the district level, not individual schools, but say, I'm going to use OKCPS, they would apply for a grant for the specific amount of money to win, which they would then use to buy the products. The tricky thing here is that um, there's no requirement of how they're going to distribute the products. It could be like what they're doing now where um, an educator or typically a nurse or administrator keeps them in their office. And so it still, in my mind, creates a barrier of entry where students have to actually go and ask for product. Um, let's say, let's use the example of it's a female menstruating student. Um, she would then have to go to potentially a male administrator if that's where they're being stored. And it could create, you never know, especially when you're a kid, there's some embarrassment there. Um, so there's a barrier of entry there. And the student has to be present in the school to do that. Um, and another kind of, I would say it again, another barrier of entry is that um, they would, these schools would have to actively apply for these things. So there are some school districts that may not decide to do this, but they have the opportunity. And also there's a, um, but it does require some legwork of them to figure out who's gonna do this. Is it gonna be a school board? Is it gonna be you know, the su superintendent who's gonna do this? But with all that said, those two bills are our favorites because I'll tell you why. Um, Period OKC feels like the lo lowest barrier of entry is to start solving menstrual inequity in schools. Um, people can kind of, it's more bipartisan where people can rally around schools. Um, and it's no, no secret that our public school system sucks. So that's why we're thinking that that's going to be the best way to get in. And then we can say, 
later on down the road. Look at how successful this is for schools. Look at how absenteeism has um, decreased. Look at um, these testimonials from students and how it's helping. We'll have more of a case study and a very specific group of people um, who we can all kind of rally around and then use that to present how we should have them available in public restrooms. We should remove the tax behind them. That, we feel like that's a good springboard. So that's, um, that's Senate Bill um, 1235. And then, so here are the other ones that we have. Um, Representative Swope, she was a freshman um, last year, and um, she has a bill that's the same one as she did last year. Um, it's 4126. So um, she's a Democrat woman of color, so you know she's up against a wall to begin with of doing this. And this is kind of a blanket bill to remove tax on menstrual products in addition to, I believe, let me think, diapers, a lot of prenatal and postnatal care, breast pumps, kind of, oh, and even maternity clothes. So it covers a really broad amount of things, um, which is kind of going to be potential detriment because removing tax on all these things can be a pushback um, with the fiscal impact of the bill itself. So this is the same one as last year. It did not even get heard in committee last year, which is disappointing. Um, but like I said, she's kind of, there's a lot of resistance to what she has, especially being young, a woman, a Democrat, you know, you know how it is. So another one is um, Senate Bill 1271. And that's Senator Young's bill. And um, he also focuses on, he's, um, his district is right around um, kind of the northeast side. He's in that area, um, and he got a request from the superintendent of Millwood to um, add menstrual products to schools. I don't know the exact nuances of this, but it's the exact same as last year, and it too didn't get, didn't even get off the ground um, in the session. But I will circle back with more information on that. The bill's a little vague, which I assume is on purpose, and then it'll start getting expanded and amended. Um, so I will keep everyone posted on all of these, but that one specifically because it aligns with our mission. Um, the last one is Senator Garvin's bill. She's part of rural Oklahoma, um, further south, and hers is S SB 1499. Um, this is also a do-over from last year. She's a Republican um, Republican senator, and um, like I said, rural Oklahoma, um, she has she files a lot of bills. Um, this is one of many, many, many. Um, and this one is interesting, um, <laughs> as interesting as I think it is. I cannot speak for everyone else. Um, but it works with the health department to create a fund with them to where anybody can apply to get the products from them. Let me tell you why this is troublesome for us is it creates a barrier of entry of folks having to go through the health department or aside from like what we do privately with the libraries, we could say to an individual, go to the health department. Um, they can give you what you need. And thinking about folks who don't have proper transportation all the time or, you know, they're not by a bus stop that's easy to access if they're in more rural Oklahoma, that's a challenge. Um, also, the products the health department has is they're not the best, um, the lowest tier kind of um, because it's going to be the most affordable for the state to purchase. And um, that's 
I, you know, I've said this before. We like people to have dignity, and so we shouldn't let people just because they can't afford products have to settle for the the least expensive, worst kind. Um, and also, it's requiring health the health department to have the proper infrastructure to manage this. So this bill last time got amended a handful of times. Um, I and it also didn't make it out of committee. I believe it was heard in appropriations committee, um, but I, it didn't go anywhere from that. <laughs> the session last year was such a clusterfuck with the. Um, I mean, it always is, but with the school choice thing going on, it made a lot of bills kind of become non-starters because um, the governor wouldn't sign things until he got his way. So um, that's what that's what the that's the state of the union as far as that goes. Um, I'll again reiterate that we're focusing on um, Representative Rowe and Senator Stanley's bills. Um, they're two Republican women who are coming out of more rural-ish Oklahoma, um, and they're Republicans with a with reason in this department. Um, I believe both of those bills will go into the education committee. So um, we'll just keep an eye out, and I'm happy to keep everyone posted on all of these if there's any interest. Um, otherwise. I'll give the milestones the ones that we're specifically following, um, again, if there's interest. But I'm going to reiterate that if anyone is interested in following these more closely, reach out to me, um, my Twitter or with the OKC Span pod at gmail.com. Um, they can, I can happily um, take a deep dive into it um, because I enjoy it. So... Um, I try to get updates on these like once a week because so much can happen that following it like every single day is just completely chaotic and it's chaotic enough to begin with. Um, I will be putting together by the end of next week some action items for the two bills that we're following um, and it's primarily like call your representative and back this bill and here's a general script to say. Calling your representatives is not scary. Um, in fact, it creates, it kind of humanizes them a little bit. So I think that is helpful. And I'm happy to share that with whomever, whenever the time comes and it'll kind of be a one sheet on more information about it. So, um, that's that. That was a lot of words that I just used. Um, I hope I didn't just bore everyone to death. Um, Marty, this may be the one with the fewest lessons. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, Aside from that, um, there is the meeting revolving the jail that got rescheduled for the 29th in the evening at Metro Tech Spring Lake Campus, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Marty, but um, that's the it's at the Metro Tech. It'll be really interesting with um, some very some people who will have good insight on this. Um, So I encourage everyone to go. We're having a little OKC spam field trip there. Um, and Marty will be live tweeting this as well. Um, on the 30th, so the following day, you can just like, you know, make a whole couple days of it. Um, Period OKC is having a fundraiser at Updown in the Plaza District. Um, for every coin, they give us a dollar. So come play. I'm shockingly good at ski ball. So um, it's like a good blind one. You know, you can just like fling a ball and hope for the best um, in a straight line. And um, so... Yeah, come out and support us. Um, we'll also be selling merch. We have merch now, guys. Um, we have mugs and tote bags. Um, so if you become a cycle donor of $15 a month, which is 
revolves every month you're donating that um you get a free tote or mug and um if you come and play you get a ballpoint pen which i mean everyone needs pins they're gonna lose right um okay i think that's that's everything for right now um you know i shockingly didn't reference billy joel or death but um you know there's always next week um, and I also didn't complain about Lime Scooters, but I definitely can go on a soapbox there. Um, thank you for sticking with me through um, the muddy waters that is the legislative session. Um, it'll be a doozy, and um, we will be back soon with additional information regarding force the jail. You can never get rid of us on that um, next week or um, any time between then. You'll see information about it. Um, so thank you all. Um, I want to say... Okay, love you, bye to everyone.